Welcome to Here Comes Yesterday, a weekly 15-minute podcast full of useful memories for dealing with the world ahead with your host, Frank Corrado. As I was writing this podcast, a late winter storm was barreling across the country, and while the snow was beautiful, it was also February, a time of year here in the Midwest when we're getting a little itchy for spring. The subject today, however, is not about the winter, but it's a lament about how we no longer embrace the outdoors, summer or winter. We don't hang out much in the winter anymore. Actually, we don't hang out in any season anymore. There are innumerable excuses we can come up with in any season. It's too cold outside. It's too hot outside. It's wet. It's cloudy. It's too windy. There's mosquitoes. It's noisy. On and on. If you ask Google how much of their time people in America today spend indoors, the answer is an astounding 90%. That's an extraordinary number. Pumped up even more, I'm sure, over the last two years by the pandemic. We can also Google statistics about the increasing number of people wanting to work at home. Having commuted to work on public transportation for 35 years, I realize I spent a lot of time sitting on rapid transit cars, commuter trains, and buses, walking 15 minutes to the train station every day in all kinds of good and bad weather. Wasted time, workers would say now about that kind of commuting. And then there's the people who have driven to work, having to sit at stoplights, stressful traffic delays, years of lost time waiting for stoplights. But some of those commuters actually like that private time. So they're not commuting has its downsides. When we are working at home, we're getting much less exercise. Sure, you might be able to make up for that with a fancy Peloton machine in the living room with a screen showing the countryside as you pedal along. You can take a break and go to the gym or putter in the yard or walk the dog. You can also just walk out the door by yourself and stroll through the neighborhood. But none of these activities compares with a real-life commute by foot in transit. That kind of commute had some real benefits, like being able to divert your attention to the world around you, creating time to enjoy the feeling of being part of a larger world, a chance to walk the city on your lunch hour. Maybe you can guess from that that I have a master's degree in urban studies. Yeah, I do, but so what? And back then, I remember my city, Chicago, before we had Millennium Park, that beautiful space on the lakefront, before we had a charming riverfront just built for a walk, before we had vibrant neighborhoods to stroll through. It wasn't so much about cruising around the city back then. Now, the city beckons the foot traffic, the foot traveler, the bike rider, the electric scooter dude, when I think farther back to my childhood, being outdoors was almost a normal way of life for a kid in the 50s. Sure, we had television back then, but the shows were really sparse by today's standards. Telephones were basic, 
and just one was shared by many family members. In my earliest grade school days, we neighborhood kids would hurry out to the vacant lots or prairies as we called them in back of my house and we would work on building and playing in a fort built of scrap wood and dirt. We lived on a street with a bus line, so at the age of eight, I became a bus rider. My mother, who thankfully never got a driver's license, was a real pro concerning buses and the subway. I got that from her. The bus outside our little frame house took us to a, a large park a couple of miles to the east on the Chicago River. Gompers Park, it was called, after a famous American labor leader. My favorite memory of that time was ice skating on the Chicago River that ran right through that park in the winter, just like Hans Brinker. When I was 10, we moved a mile or so north off of Milwaukee Avenue, a large diagonal street where my father had bought a garden center. Nearby, there were three great geographical features for a kid a block square city park just outside our back door. It was called Rosedale Park. A large empty lot across from my father's garden center. And best of all, a forest preserve with an outdoor swimming pool and, wow, a double toboggan run just four blocks away. Of course, that became a great hangout, winter or summer. Whether it was Cub or Boy Scouts or my time in the Army, or hanging out the back door at Rosedale Park, the outdoors was my friend and the friend of lots of kids in my neighborhood. No helicopter parents then, thank you. When I was a Boy Scout, I did at least two, maybe three, 20-mile hikes and a few more five-milers. The rewards were medals or merit badges, but these routes were pretty easily doable, even at 20 miles. My first job as a newspaper boy delivering papers in my neighborhood and my second job working at the garden center kept me outdoors continually. After I settled down and had a family, outdoor adventures continued to be a normal part of life. Camping vacations, weekend hikes, visits to parks and forest preserves, all were part of normal living. During the first energy crisis in 1974, we found a little five-acre tract in southwest Michigan and built a small cabin to be outdoors, of course. Fast forward to today, obviously the coming of COVID and quarantines forced many of us indoors for long periods of time. And in this current winter of 2022, Omicron plus cold, snowy weather kept us indoors until March. Sure, there have always been things to keep us busy during the dormant winter months. On a snowy night, maybe 40 years ago, I would be paging through a recently arrived burpee seed catalog. On that kind of a night just 20 years ago, I might be busy in the basement using saws and planers and drills to make arts and crafts furniture, not thinking too much about the fact I would be trudging off to work the following morning through the snow. When I started teaching, my love of the outdoors was also reflected in the way I taught environmental studies to kids. That was the time right after Earth Day when young college people were flocking to environmental studies. 
I made sure that there were at least a couple of field trips to the Indiana Dunes or other locales each term to get these young people out of the classroom. After all, it was environmental studies. Now, you might wonder if we would be spending more time outdoors if there were no pandemic. I think the real thief that robbed us of our outdoor lives was not COVID. It was, of course, the web, the internet, the cell phones, the metaverse, excuse that term, all those constructs that have created an artificial reality that has no smells, no touch, no natural sounds, no weather, only pictures. Some of us have workarounds to get away from the indoors, golf, dining outdoors, baseball, football, soccer, that kind of stuff. But often we get stuck in another artificial world, the one inside our cars. Here's an embarrassing personal example I'm going to share with you. For a lot of reasons that have nothing to do with gambling and a lot to do with logistics, we had a full family reunion just after Christmas in Las Vegas this past year. On one afternoon, we decided to visit a well-known Bureau of Land Management attraction, Red Rock Canyon, a striking chain of small hills just outside the city. A major feature there is the chance to do simple, basic rock climbing. Almost anybody can do it. However, the easiest way to see everything there is via a 15-mile car loop. So what did we do? Well, we drove the loop, looked at the rocks, admired the people who were brave enough to try and do some hiking on this cloudy December afternoon at designated spots. Most people did what we did, a windshield tour, no hiking at all. While this might be a function of age, it's also a function of habit. We are used to seeing things from a window, a car window, computer window, a smartphone screen. It takes a determined effort to get out there and take a hike. Sure, it was our fault, but the park was designed that way so that the default way to visit the park is on wheels, not foot. Get there, get the picture, move on to the next thing, post it on Facebook. What I've been doing here is being descriptive, describing how a lot of us seem to be evolving towards being a 90 percenter, living in indoor bubbles wherever we are. I don't really think I have to be prescriptive here, tell you and myself what we need to do to get outside more. As they used to say in the Army, J-F-D-I, just frickin' do it. As for me, in a few weeks, outdoor farmers markets will begin a month earlier. There were very few indoor markets in the big city this past winter. The upside is we will all be outside for six hours, breathing fresh air. That's it for now. Work hard, stay smart. You've been listening to Here Comes Yesterday, a podcast full of useful memories for dealing with the world ahead. Your ideas and reactions can also be very useful. 
Contact Frank Corrado via email at corrado at c4m.com. That's C-O-R-R-A-D-O at the letter C, the number 4, the letter M, dot com. This is Mel Zellman. Thank you for listening, and catch us next time.